0: Nine two five six or zerodebtguarantee.com
1: You're listening to First Amendment Radio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at firstamendmentradio.com.
2: the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. Uh, for those of you who were listening on Blog Talk, that was evidently a pre-recorded show. I got to notice that we were going on the air live and went there and they said there was no show but then all of a sudden I heard myself speaking. <laughs> so I don't know what the problem is there. I'll spend the, probably another, spent the last half hour trying to figure out why We couldn't do that show, and we'll probably spend another hour or so figuring out what is going on. I've rescheduled shows, so we'll see if it works next week, but that was a pre-recorded show, so you were unable to call in. So anyway, uh, uh, we'll see if we can't get that straightened out. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, whirlwind tour that's coming up. There's a lot of people working on trying to make that happen and the world one tour is uh... speaking engagements from texas to the carolinas to omaha nebraska to massachusetts uh, possibly a live feed up to new york uh... during the uh... Boston, massachusetts event uh... we're going to go back around to milwaukee and wisconsin and uh... hopefully have some live events there and on to colorado and back Now. We were going to have uh, other uh, events on um, uh, the West Coast here, but uh, it may become too much to try to get them all in this one route and uh, we'll possibly try to schedule West Coast events after my return and get a little respite and then go along the West Coast. It depends completely upon you and the networks out there. We have no large paid staff. We don't uh, uh, send people out collecting money uh, to get uh, you to uh, uh, support this government of God, which we call the church or the kingdom of God. It's up to you to make these things happen, and there's a lot of people volunteering to make these things happen. They're working, they're spending their time, their effort, and probably going to spend some money in order to make these events uh, a, a, a viable opportunity and a resource for expanding the network, which was the kingdom. For those of you who are not used to listening about the kingdom, the kingdom of God is simply the right to be ruled by God, and that depends mostly upon what you do. You have to take back your responsibilities. You have to take care of yourself. You're hearing it on the news. You're hearing it with people like Glenn Beck. You're hearing it from economists. You're hearing it from uh, people like Catherine Austin Fitz over and over again people are talking about you getting together with other people and taking back the responsibilities of being a community and a society based upon people helping people that's what made america great it wasn't the constitution it wasn't uh... uh, revolutions and force of arms it was individuals who are willing to take the responsibility for themselves and their neighbor and work together in order to make A society of strong virtuous individuals coming together in righteousness tending to what Jesus calls the weightier matters of law judgment mercy and faith that is what the kingdom is about the the slothful they're not in the kingdom they're going to be under tribute the slothful are going to become subjects of other men like Cain Nimrod Caesars, Pharaohs, what have you and they will have to pay Caesar what they owe him because they've made covenants with Caesar and therefore because they've made those covenants they now have to bow down and serve him. All that is in contrary and in distinction from what Christ said to do what Moses said to do what the prophets had said to do and it's what modern Christendom, these Uh, apostate preachers these wolves in sheep's clothing have been preaching pervasively throughout almost every church now they're doing it for a couple of reasons one is because that's what they were taught Uh, another is because that is what is commonly seen and that's within their experience and in some cases it's because they don't really love Christ they are lovers of themselves, the lovers of soft things. They are, have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And the power thereof is the right to be the government of God, the, the unique high priest of the teachings of the prophets, and specifically the appointed kingdom of Christ. It astounds me that people don't realize that Christ appointed a kingdom. When he said, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you, I'm going to give it to another group, and he referred to them as his little flock, he said that uh, it would be his pleasure to appoint unto him a kingdom, and then you see him saying, I appoint unto you a kingdom. But he says you're not to be like the princes of the Gentiles, the other nations. So really what Christ was was the king of a nation. A nation is a people. Now, we have a tendency to think that a nation is... A piece of ground but we're told in the Bible that it is ne- neither here nor there it's not a place it's a jurisdiction but the jurisdiction is not based on a physical place but on a status of the individual upon the position of the individual in relationship to the rest of the world and that is what the kingdom is about is about making you subject to God rather than other men. Now, you may be subject to other men because of covenants and contracts, because of debt, because you have stricken hands and become a surety. And the solution is not simply throwing off the yokes of bondage, but taking back the responsibilities of liberty, the perfect law of liberty, starting to live together in a society that does not need the benefits yet takes care of its needy in pure religion. Now, some of you can follow what I'm talking about because you've done a little bit of studying, but there's almost no level on which we are not deluded concerning the Gospels. And therefore, it takes a little bit of study, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of understanding to begin to move back in the direction of understanding the wholeness of the gospel. And when we take this tour, we're going to try to share that. But the fact is, that is a gift from God to understand that. And it is a hard message to sell to people, to offer to people, to have people accept, because most people are absolutely afraid. Most people are absolutely uh, ignorant. Most people uh, don't want to know. They don't want to change their ignorance. They are comfortable in their sins, and they are made comfortable in their sins by the free bread and circuses and comforts of this society. Those comforts will not last forever. So how do you become a part of this uh, national tour, this whirlwind tour? And we've talked uh, with some of the contact ministers throughout the country about why we picked that word whirlwind, the whirlwind tour, well there's numerous reasons and there always layers to this it didn't take any thought whatsoever it just came right out i was very comfortable with it and then later on i have to go back and actually say "Well, why why was this name given me <laughs> so why are we calling it the whirlwind tour and you know because a lot of people associate whirlwind with a bad thing like tornadoes you have sowed the wind you reap the whirlwind well there are disasters coming and most of the understanding of the kingdom that people will eventually obtain will be obtained during these disasters during these cataclysms during these dearths, as it says in the Old Testament during these hard times and that's the way it has to be because Uh, I used to say to my children, you have two ways to learn things, easy or hard. Well, the easy way is to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow the the wisdom of God as he unfolds it in your heart and your mind. But people have been so distracted that they would not learn that simple, easy way. It appears that most people are going to have to learn the hard way. In other words, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire was a disaster For society. It was ill-equipped. There was runaway inflation. There were shortages of food. There was uh, police state uh, mentality coming from the government. Uh, There was threat of foreign invasion and eventually was foreign invasion. There were their own Roman troops uh, foreign to most of the empire, but actually became even foreign to uh, the people of Rome because they were manned by mercenaries. Uh, many of the people that were in the Roman troops didn't even speak the Roman language. And we actually have that taking place today in America, plus the fact that we have American soldiers putting on UN blue, taking oaths to the UN, uh, except for people uh, like Michael Mu, and we also will have foreign troops in in, in America and there's no place in the world that will be immune to this. You could go down to South America and you'll think, well, I'll go down there and I'll get in some rural community. And there could be advantages to that. And maybe that's where God's sending you. But if you're going there out of fear, you're in a lot of trouble. Because you cannot be motivated by fear. You cannot be motivated by greed. You cannot be motivated or lack of motivation through avarice and apathy. You have to be motivated by the Holy Spirit. You have to surrender to the wisdom of Christ. And we have the Bible to read. We have it to examine, to find out what Christ was doing. And that's what we've been doing in the book, That Kingdom Come, and the book, uh, The Free Church Report. And a lot of what people read originally was the covenants of the gods. What is that book all about? Well, The Covenants of the Gods is a book about contract. It's about the contracts we make with the gods of this world. That's a very simple concept, the gods of the world. If you look up in Strong's Concordance and in uh, in both the uh, Greek and the Hebrew, you will see that the word that they translate into gods G-O-D-S, is the same word that was used on an everyday basis for the word magistrate or judge in a court of law, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament. This is the case. If you understand these gods, many that Paul talks about are simply the judges in courtrooms who have the right to decide fact and law who have the right to exercise authority one over the other about almost every aspect of your life, you will begin to realize what is meant by the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt make no covenants with them nor with their gods. Thou is to have one God, God the Father. And you couple this with an understanding of the fact that when the Roman emperors were called gods, it simply meant they had the right to appoint judges, a whole system of imperial judges throughout the empire. Uh, that is the gods of the world that you live in. That is the gods they're talking about that you're not to make covenants with. Well, you've already made those covenants. They already have an exercising authority. They already have the right and jurisdiction to compel your labor, to compel your service, to take your sons and daughters, to make their instruments of war, to take the first fruits of your labor, to take the best of your fields and appoint them to their purposes, all because you, the voice of the people, have decided to have a leader who can exercise authority one over the other. If you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office. If you create offices of service, men who seek to serve will seek those offices. Our sloth entices us to seek to create offices of power. And here is the sin of America the sin of Australia, the sin of Europe, is that they seek to create offices of power that can exercise authority one over the other, and in those systems, they desire the wealth of their neighbor to guarantee their own social welfare. This is a sin from which you must repent if you are going to accept Jesus Christ. Now, you can accept an image of Jesus Christ created by the modern church and say, well, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And you have not. Because how do I know you haven't? Because I look at the fruits. I look at your love for one another. And it's really easy to turn around in the pew and shake the hand of the man behind you or the woman behind you and say, I love you and uh blessings on you and all your house, and then go back and read your Bible and sing your songs, but on Monday morning, you will send out your priests, the priests where you pray for your benefits, for your daily bread. I mean, you'll say the Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come when thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses but the reality is the one that needs to forgive you your trespasses that God in black robes that sits up there in the courtroom the one who supplies you with the daily bread that's those administers in the government programs of welfare and WIC and and, uh, unemployment and all these other benefits offered to you by men who call themselves benefactors but have nothing to give you except what they take away from your neighbor this is contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's contrary to the ways of Moses. It is If you are Jew or Arab or Christian and you are doing these things to your neighbors in the agency of the men you elect, you do not know Christ. You do not know Moses. You do not know God the Father. Your Father is the adversary of God. The Diabolus of God. The Satanus of God. Because your adversary is the benefactors who exercise authority, and you are like them because that is who you pray to for your daily bread, for your security, for your protection. Even though you know he will not provide anything for you except what he takes away from his neighbor, from your neighbor. How anti-Christ can you get? What kind of beast have you become? Sitting in your churches, you have become the beast. I cannot protect you from the beast. Christ cannot protect you from the beast. If you are the beast, this is said over and over again in the Bible go cry unto the gods which ye have chosen for yourself because I will not hear you in that day. We are saying here at his holy church, choose you this day who you will serve. Now, does that mean you don't have to pay those gods which you have bound yourself to by as a surety for debt? Well, Many of you will have to pay them. You will have to continue to pay them your tally of bricks. You will have to continue to give Caesar what is Caesar's, because you have to keep your word. How can you build a kingdom of justice on lies? Now I know I've heard all the arguments, it's all fraud, they didn't have full disclosure, they had enough disclosure that you went down and took free education at the expense of your neighbor. It's kind of like the Mafia. Mafia says, here, you take out Frederico. you kill Frederico. Or maybe you just beat up somebody who uh, has uh, borrowed money from the Mafia. You commit some sort of abuse To your neighbor or to the world or to somebody in their name and they got you they got you you're one of theirs now because you sold out for something and they draw you in to their world and to their jurisdiction and that's what they did everybody went to public school at the expense of their neighbor And if their neighbor chose not to pay for their education, thought maybe there was something wrong with it or just didn't want to do it or had needs elsewhere, you sent men to his house to take his home away from him because he refused to pay for your child's education. You sent men out with guns and said, you can't live in your house anymore because you won't pay the land tax. Or if it was income tax, if he would not work his one fifth of the year for Pharaoh, you went and sent men to beat him up financially, emotionally, whatever. And that's legal because that's the terms of the system that you have signed on to and become a surety for. You got your benefits. You got your free education, you got your unemployment, you got your welfare, you you got all these social security uh, systems there at your beck and call to take care of your widows and orphans. And now you are in bondage because those systems run on debt. You were told by Christ, by Paul, not to owe any man anything, to pray only to the Father for your daily bread. But you have prayed to men who call themselves benefactors, even though Christ said you were not to be that way. And yet your pastor says he's preaching you the gospel. These are words right out of the mouth of Christ. And what you have done is sectionalized the gospel. The gospel is just for that hour and a half or hour on Sunday. Now I believe in God. The devil believes in God. They just don't do what he says. You have to turn around. You have to go another way. And it's going to require real repentance. I heard somebody, or I saw somebody write something that that uh, if we repent, Christ will forgive us our sins. Well, repent means to turn around and go another way. It doesn't mean just be sorry. So are you going that other way? Well, many of the people that have joined the Living Network, you can do that by going to org, going up there to the little guy throwing the net, and join that Living Network. If you don't have a regular computer and you want to go and do it uh, somewhere else, find somebody who has one, go to a library, wherever, and connect and try to get uh, connected to a Living individual who is a part of our network the network of christ the network of the kingdom the network of the church that's what it was it was a network and we'll talk about how that network works and how you can work at networking and this is what the trip will be about is to connect these souls in every part of the country so that god may breathe life back into his church.
0: First on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net around the world and on satellite. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest world-renowned economist Robert Chapman right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, one eight hundred three seventy five forty one eighty eight. 375 4188 Now listen to me.
1: The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is... The Apostate Church. The whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at firstamendmentradio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if not you? Have you seen loose change? The most popular documentary in the 911 truth movement. With the coming change in government, now is the time to push for justice and get this truth into the hands of millions of Americans. First Amendment Radio is offering both videos, Lose Change and 911 Justice on DVD. We will ship two copies of both videos to you for 10 bucks cash. Yes, two copies, one for you and one for you to give away. You will see and hear Larry Silverstein admit that they decided to pull the building. Why are they not being pursued? The people must know. Justice must be had. The time is now. Two copies of both videos, loose change and nine one one justice for ten bucks cash. No checks, please. To First Amendment Radio, one thirty nine East to Larry Avenue, to Larry, California, nine three two seven four.
2: Welcome back to Kings of the Kingdom. We're talking about the Kingdom of God and specifically about the whirlwind tour that's going to be going all across the country. It's going to start probably sometime uh, late March and uh, go to Texas first, or at least in that direction. We might swing down to California if we get enough interest uh, there in Sodom and Gomorrah. But... uh, it will depend entirely upon the people that are within the network like I said what we want you to do is join that network it's growing rapidly there are people joining out almost every day uh, either in the extended network and hopefully more in the living network which is where you are connected to an actual living person and you are no longer dependent upon the internet for your connection with a national and even international body of people seeking the righteousness of God. And that's what we were told. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God. Unfortunately, a lot of people are starting at the end of the Bible, come out of them my people as you be partakers of the sin. And they are not really repenting, because to repent, the problem isn't the fact that you've gone the wrong way. It's the fact that you weren't going the right way. If you stop going the wrong way, that doesn't mean you're going the right way. It just may mean that you're going to pick another wrong way and go that way. Well, you can do that if you want, but if you continue to do that, you may run out of time to even go the right way. So you need to find out what the right way is. That's where Christ started. That's where we should start and try to find out what this kingdom of God looks like, how it operates, and what it was doing that made it uh, a uh, target of persecution at the same time was so successful during the decline and fall of the Roman Empire that the emperors of Rome even began to emulate it. A lot of people believe that the persecution stopped with Constantine. No, it just changed uh, pace, changed uh, its procedures of persecution. Actually, Hadrian and uh, Trajan uh, were saying, don't persecute the Christians. The worst persecutor of Christians is probably Marcus Aurelius. Uh, there were more heinous events under some of the... Uh, other emperors, but under Marcus Aurelius, it was the most systematic official persecution. And the reason why they were persecuted, uh, you will be safe, all you Christians out there today, because you do exactly what Christians would not do, which brought that persecution. And we'll talk about that some other time. The fact is, you don't really know the history of the church, it's been kept from you by institutions posing as the church. They haven't really been the church. I'll let you figure out who that is. But look around and see where the fruit of your church has brought you. You are now back in the bondage of Egypt. You are back entangled in the elements of the world. You have become nothing more than merchandise, human resources. And you now have to bow down and serve your new masters who are not going the ways of Christ. Life is cheap to them, life is not a value, the important thing is their commerce, and you have become their merchandise. You are only valuable as long as you are valuable to them, and that is not the way God created man. It is not the ways of God. No, the governments that you have created for yourself do absolutely contrary to the ways of God. They create an appearance of being good, just like the Pharisees, but they deny the true power of God. Now, where does that true power of God come from? If you turn around and begin to operate according to faith, hope, and charity, you start taking care of one another without forcing your neighbor to contribute to your own welfare, then you are going to start becoming as concerned about your neighbor's rights and welfare as you are about your own. That's a very unique group. That's a group that is not constantly saying, you know, come to my place and work for me. Come to my place and help me. Come to my place and do what I think is important. It will be composed of people who are those people who want to go out and help others. If you're saying, well, why should I join uh, the network of His Holy Church and become a part of what they're doing? What benefit is it to me? Well, you're already off on the wrong foot. The benefit to you of coming together is the opportunity of learning to live by faith, to be charitable, to freely give so that ye freely may receive. Not to me. I mean you can certainly you can donate to this ministry, I'm not gonna say you can't, but the focus of this ministry is on your local congregations and that's what this living network is starting to do. You know, I go out, I, I speak, I spend hours every day uh trying to write and explain and teach and put up audios. We just put up an audio this morning. I was at the break I was trying to link to it. Uh, But I didn't get that far yet. uh, So that people can hear these explanations and study about the kingdom and figure out what they're to do. And I I put all this at the disposal of local congregations and local churches so they can begin to see the history of the kingdom of God from Abraham to Christ and from Christ to this day so that they can repent, turn around, and start doing what Christ said to do. It's not about having a philosophy in your head. It's about Rolling up your sleeves and being the kingdom of the Father. Not those who say, Lord, Lord, yeah, I accept Jesus, but those who actually go out and do the will of the Father. And what is that will of the Father is that you tend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith, that you take care of one another in pure religion, unspotted from the world. In other words, you don't need any of the benefits of the world, the the, the organized system, a constitutional order of government to take care of of what should be a religious welfare system where you take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. If you don't do that, if you can't take care of the needy of your society through faith, hope, and charity, you are nowhere near the kingdom of God. You are very near Nimrod and Babylon, but you are nowhere near the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a place. It's not here. It's not there. It's not in Jerusalem, over there on the shores of the Mediterranean. It's not in Washington, D.C. It's not in Poughkeepsie. The kingdom of heaven is where men do the will of the Father and seek to do and know that will every day and are led by the Holy Spirit and walk with that Spirit in their day-to-day lives. I see churches who are... Uh, I got a flashback there a minute from the movie Sixth Sense, you know, where he says, I see dead people. And that's actually what we're seeing. We're seeing the dead people, dead to Christ, dead to the ways of Christ. They have a form of guideliness, They have an emotional attachment. But it's foolish women that they're talking about in the New Testament. I'm quoting from the New Testament, not picking on women, because most of those foolish women that I'm talking about are men. And what it is is that they are, uh, they're not really being what we were meant to be. They are following strange doctrines, false doctrines, Uh, They are worried about all kinds of little catechism-like phrases and uh, put-on doctrines that Christ hardly even emphasized, not even mentioned in all the Gospels. And they're not doing the very basic, simple, essentials of the gospel. They have all gone back to Babylon, and through covetousness, they have been made merchandise. And the ministers have not maintained the entrance to the kingdom, the way to the ways of the kingdom. You can't even live according to the ways of the kingdom, the ways of Christ, living by faith, hope, and charity. There was just a group down in Texas that had been gathering together and feeding, you know, something like sixty to one hundred twenty people uh, a night by uh, getting food donated from businesses and prepared in local homes and then gone out and redistributed to these people to share them a meal here, you know, and there, 10, 20 meals at a time. And and a group of people were doing it, so, you know, there was 100 people maybe getting fed every night, all through charity. And the government came in and said you can't do that because those those kitchens all have to be certified. You can't even break bread with the poor without the permission of your master. Why? Because if you poison that poor guy, where is he going to go? To the doctor. He's going to go on government welfare. So then you've got clean kitchens. You know, you might poison one of these assets, and we'd have to take care of them. You see, you don't have the responsibility of taking care of those souls because those souls all belong to Caesar. So you say, well, I just wanted to help out. Well, you can help out, but Caesar will tell you how you can help out because you are subject to that master. Now, are there some of you not subject to that master? Well, I know there's lots of you who want to think you are, not subject to that, Master. But who is taking care of you? Who is taking? Who are you taking care of? The other day somebody was saying, uh, I made reference to the fact that there was a homeless fellow in our own neighborhood. He actually gets a government check, but it's not enough. He, at least he thinks it's not enough uh, to get an apartment and pay for his food bills. And so he kind of lives out of a little trailer because he's always saving money that way so that he can buy shotguns and go hunting and and uh, have a dog and have all these other things. He gives up gives up a little uh, apartment. And I, I was pointing out they wanted to have him so that he could come into the church and use that restroom because he'd been chased out of all the other campgrounds around uh, because he's kind of obnoxious at times. And I said, well, you know, he doesn't really need another handout. He's already getting a check from the government every month. He needs to help up. He needs to to change his way so he's not alienating everybody and getting driven away. You know, he's got a double temper. And uh, as a matter of fact, he's up on gun charges right now. <laughs> so uh, he supposedly somebody was following him too close, and they claimed he was waving a gun. He said he just held it at his chest because he thought they were threatening him because they were riding on his bumper and uh, so I, I don't know what the truth is and uh, one of those gods we mentioned in the earlier part of the show will have to determine that and uh, he's probably going to lose his uh, gun rights and therefore he won't be able to go hunting anymore so there's no reason to have a hunting dog and and live out here in the back of his truck but he's already receiving this check and when i pointed that out they said well he has an a, he has a right to that check he's he's paid in He's earned that. Well, anybody who's read one of my last articles on News and Views knows that you don't have a right to it. It's a privilege. Those payments, those checks you receive, that is the gifts, gratuities, and benefits of your benefactor who exercises authority. He exercised authority over you for years, forcing you to pay in so that he could take care of the widows and orphans of your day. That was your sacrifice on his altar. You don't have a right to anything. They don't have to pay you anything. If they run out of money, they don't have to pay you. If the economy collapses, they they don't owe you anything. That, haven't you read the terms of the agreement? But you may still have to pay into them. It's not insurance. It's a system of Corbin, Exactly like that system of Corbin that the Pharisees created in 78 uh, B.C., and then again under Herod with the baptism of Herod and you have to pay in according to what they say and they get to pay out according to what they feel like and that's the system and you are bound in it because it's a system based on debt and your surety for that debt how do you get from that? You've got to turn around and start taking care of one another without receiving any straw but Still paying your tally of bricks. Now, it goes a lot more complex than that. If you become uh, ordained ministers of the church, you'll have another job, but we're not interested in bearing witness that anybody is ordained of God unless they really come to an office of service which sees the kingdom and knows where we're going with this idea of setting everybody free by giving up our own personal freedom. And that's what the early apostles did. They became bond servants of a kingdom appointed to them so that other men would be able to be free. And if you're willing to do that or if you want to do that, then come and we'll help train you in the ministry to whatever we have learned. We're kind of learning on the job ourselves, but we've done a lot of homework. And if you get your status right with Christ, You will be free you will not be appreciated by the world but you will be free and you will be free to serve christ as his bond servant and if you do a good job at that christ will call you brother and he will bless you accordingly but anyway on the tour now if you want to become a part of the tour if you want us to stop in your town you want us to stop at your house you want us to stop for little meets along the way We're going to have uh, major events uh, in those places where the Living Network is already working to establish, but we're going to try to hit as many places as we can during the week on the way through, and you're going to need to join that Living Network or get somebody who will so that we can connect up with you. The more and more we get these people that you can connect to, then the more and more we can uh, build the connections in local congregations because you're going to need local help. You cannot love your neighbor if you don't even know who he is, where he is, or what he needs. This is why you should be going to church. Is This is, this is where you find out. If you look at the early church, they were going through the, the same depressions, the same inflation that you're about to face, and they were gathering together every Sunday, because they had already taken their day of rest on Saturday. So they gathered on Sunday, the first day of the week, so that they could say their prayers. In other words, make their applications, explain what they needed to get through this week. We don't have enough bread in our house, and my kids are starving. Somebody else says, we've got some extra bread we will share with them. And those that had gave to those that didn't have. Just like John the Baptist was saying this, have two coats and your neighbor has none you share if you have 10 loaves of bread and your neighbor has none you share but you your neighbor is first those people who come together with that same intent you got to show up for your neighbor you got to be minute men for christ you got to become the fema you want to see knocking on your door and you've got to become that FEMA, that faith, emergency ministerial auxiliary that will provide for the needs of the people who want to provide for the needs of their neighbor. Can you see how unique that is? Now, it's a network. Every congregation must care about its neighboring congregations as much as it cares about itself. It cannot isolate itself. I'm my little congregation. I've done my little study. I've got my little catechism. I've got my little catchphrases. I've got my little way of doing things, and I've got these other people to go along with me and look up to me and put me on my little baby pedestal. You're no different than the, these giant uh, mega churches with their crystal cathedrals. You're just small potatoes, but you're doing the same thing. You have to care about everybody in the network. And you even have to care about foreigners, people outside the network, because that is the sacrifice of the red heifer, foreign aid outside of the network. And we talk about all this in the books. They're available for free online. If you join the Living Network, the contact ministers should know where those uh, links are and connect you up. But we don't want it to be dependent upon the net We're starting with the net because it is more economical. But we're also going to go out in this physical journey and break bread and shake hands and introduce people from one town to the next, from one congregation to the next, from one community to the next. And you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling by learning to love one another, to forgive one another. You are not forgiven because you repent. You are forgiven because you forgive one another. That's what Christ says. You repent, you turn around. What, what haven't you been doing? You haven't been forgiving your neighbor. You've been sending out a very unforgiving priesthood who kicks in your neighbor's door and forces them to contribute to the treasuries of your temples so that they will provide you with a consistent flow of benefit. That's the church. That's the course of church. Go read the article, Coercive Church. Look it up on the outline page. There's enough there to keep you busy on hisholychurch.org from now until doomsday. God gives you enough time to prepare for doomsday. But it's only doomsday if you don't meet it with Christ. If you are not walking in the ways of Christ, it's doomsday. If you're walking in the ways of Christ, when you cry out, he will hear you. It don't, he's not going to hear you if you, you keep looking to these other gods. You need to turn around. You need to actually turn around. You need to actually repent and go another way. It, you can't just be sorry. That's not what it means. You know. I'm sure the devil's sorry. He just won't turn around. He won't repent. He is the synagogue of Satan. The institutions that are the adversary of Christ. The institutions that do not operate by faith, open charity. That is Satan. They tried to trick Jesus into saying that to pay Caesar was a sin. He said it's not a sin to pay Caesar if you've made a contract with Caesar and you owe Caesar, but you're not to owe any man. You're not to make covenants with them. You're to take care of one another through faith, open charity. You're not doing that in general. I know some of you are, but the churches out there claiming to be the churches established by Christ are not doing that. 60, 70, 80, 90% of the welfare that the uh, members of their congregation receive, they receive from the benefactors who exercise authority. And Jesus said, we weren't to be that way but we are and we are sinning against Christ and against the Father. Because we have gone down that road and we believe that we are saved but we're actually under a strong delusion. We haven't really accepted Christ unless we can receive this message of Christ, repent, and turn around. Just saying, Lord, Lord, does not make you saved. You must be doers of the Word. And your ministers are not even telling you what it was. And I know in many of those churches, once people begin to awaken to this, there will be a quickening of the Spirit. There will be a flow, flood like a breaking of a dam. And the flowing of that Spirit will come through and bless and heal and cure. Maybe we shouldn't use the word cure, but restore man to his true nature, which is a child of God. And as children of God, He can protect us. He can part the Red Sea. He can bring the whirlwind What was keeping the Egyptians back when the sea had not yet parted? A whirlwind of fire stood between the people and the armies of Pharaoh. You will need that miracle. And that whirlwind begins now. That whirlwind, that is the purpose of the Church, to create that institution of Christ They can stand between the Pharaoh and the people who repent and seek the ways of Christ. Ways of Christ mean that you care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. That means you want to find out who is your neighbor in Christ. That means you're going to want to start coming together in a network and finding out who you can trust as brothers in Christ and who goes the other way. And Christ will be judged. Just doing that, just starting to take care of one another, just starting to touch one another's lives, changes you, changes the flow of energy in you from sucking to breathing out the Spirit of God. So we meet again, may peace be upon your house, and may God be with you.
0: You can also find us on the web at www.isholychurch.net.